This is The Guardian. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Science Weekly is supported by BetterHelp. Here's a question. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? Watch TV? Read a book? Meet up with a friend? Maybe a little nap? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But for what? Perhaps to best answer that, you need to work out what's truly important to you, then make that a priority. Therapy can help you work out what's most important to you. It isn't just for those who've unfortunately experienced trauma in their lives. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and for setting boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash scienceweekly today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash scienceweekly. It's the drug that Hollywood celebrities and billionaires like Elon Musk are using to shed huge amounts of weight in a matter of weeks. When Twitter owner Elon Musk got slimmer, crediting fasting and Wagovi, a weight loss drug, it went viral. And now a version of it is coming here if you have a prescription. Pharmacies here in the UK are to begin selling a controversial weight loss jab. It's called Wegovy or semaglutide and it will be available with a prescription. And it works by suppressing appetite. With a quarter of adults in England now classed as having obesity, some see the jabs as a potential game changer in the fight against the disease that costs the NHS six billion pounds a year. But when the causes of obesity are so complex and personal, is there a danger that a quick fix won't address the root cause of the disease? And could it even increase stigma? From The Guardian, I'm Ian Sample, and this is Science Weekly. Nicola Davis, you're a science correspondent for The Guardian, and you've written about these new weight loss injections. First of all, Wagovi isn't the first weight loss jab approved here in the UK. A drug called Saxenda, which is made by the same company, is already available. So what makes Wagovi different? So the one that's been around for a while is called Saxenda, and the drug it contains is called liraglutide. The other drug, Wagovi, is a new kid on the block, and that 
contains a drug called semaglutide. Uh, and the difference really is that the semaglutide appears to be a bit more effective. So there was a study out, uh, I think it was in January 2022, which tried to look at the two. And in that, they basically found that the mean body weight change from the sort of start of the trial um, to 68 weeks was a drop of almost 16% with semaglutide versus a 6.4% drop with liraglutide, that's Saxenda. So one appears to be more effective than the other, and that's the main difference. But there is another uh, important difference as well, which is that liraglutide is a daily injection and semaglutide is a once a week injection. Of course, that makes a difference as well when you're thinking about how these uh, drugs might be used. How do these drugs work? So they're both what are known as GLP-1 receptor agonists. GLP-1 stands for glucagon-like peptide 1. And that's a hormone and it's released after you've eaten. And so basically these drugs mimic that hormone. This hormone sort of promotes a feeling of fullness once you've eaten. The other thing that it does is it does slow down the emptying of the stomach as well. So it's kind of got those two effects and both of those uh, will combine to aid weight loss. You talked about the percentage weight drop that people were experiencing when they're on these kinds of drugs, but what does that amount to in sort of kilograms and pounds for even some of our listeners? Well, that's a really good question. I mean, the, the key thing to say is that, that the trials do suggest that these drugs can lead to significant weight loss. I mean, the semaglutide, uh, the Wigovi, the National Institute for Health and Care Excellence, they said that patients taking those injections once a week, over the course of a year, their weight fell by about 12%. I mean, we're talking here, you know, 10 kilos or so. I mean, this is a a significant amount of weight that people are losing. And that's important because... It's very, very difficult for people to lose weight and to lose significant amounts of weight and to keep that weight off. So things like this where you're really seeing those quite substantial effects, you know, they have caused a lot of excitement. So they seem to work, but are there many major side effects that we know of? Every drug has side effects, and indeed these these do as well. I mean, if you look at uh, Wigovi, uh, you know, the most common side effects reported include things like nausea, vomiting, constipation, stomach pain, headache, you know, diarrhea. I mean, these are not things that you, you particularly want. And we at The Guardian ran a piece several months ago now, I think, uh, where one of our reporters spoke to people who had uh, sort of first-hand experience with these drugs, and they were saying that actually quite often people do feel quite sick uh, and sort of quite nauseated by the idea of, of food, kind of repulsed by food. So that that is also um, yeah, potentially contributing to why they're also helping with weight loss. There's been a lot of interest in this story in part because celebrities like Elon Musk have credited Uyghur as being the secret behind their own weight loss. Here in the UK, how will people actually get hold of it? So the idea is that it will be prescribed and it will be available on the NHS. Recently, it was announced that high street pharmacies, so um, places like Boots and Superdrug, will also be able to prescribe it through their online doctor services. So it's a prescription drug. It's not something you can just go and pop out and <laughs> sort of get off a shelf somewhere. But when we talk about people getting hold of it, I mean, there is an issue, which is that while the drug has been approved for use, here in the UK, there's a supply problem. We don't have any of it here yet. So at the moment, you can't go out and get a prescription of Wagovi. And that, you know, obviously means no one can get hold of it right now. What are the criteria for being able to get it uh, when it is available? 
the idea is that it will be available for adults with at least one weight-related condition. So obstructive sleep apnea, heart disease, and a body mass index of at least 35. So we are talking obesity here. But that said, there's also advice that, you know, in exceptional cases, some people whose BMI is actually 30 or higher might also be able to access the drug. But it really is for people who are at the higher end of the BMI scale. So these injections, they're once a week and they're self-administered. The people give themselves the injection. Is there a limit to the length of time someone can take the drug for? Recommendations from NICE say that Wigovi can only be offered for weight management for a maximum of two years. So whether or not it would be okay to continue taking after that, I suspect that more research is needed um, to look at long-term use. And then that, of course, begs the question, if, as many experts have said, these drugs only work as long as you're taking them, what happens after that two-year period? And I think that's where it's really important to say that Medics are very clear, these drugs shouldn't be used sort of in isolation on their own. They should be used alongside uh, support around diet, support around exercise. And indeed, that's how they have been used in these trials. Most of these trials have compared sort of diet and uh, exercise and uh, a placebo against those things plus Wigovi or, or one of the other similar drugs. So it's not the case that you just use it on its own. If you remove that weekly injection... You know, there is a concern there you know, because we know how easy it is for weight to go back on again. So I think that that is going to be a very important issue there. Now, not everyone's welcomed this news. What are some of the concerns around Wigovi? So I think there are concerns around the drug itself and then there are concerns around how it's used. So in terms of, you know, around the drug itself, I think that, you know, so far it seems to be safe, but but there does need to be more research around the safety and the side effects. In terms of how it's used, I think there just have been concerns about whether this is seen as a sort of quick fix to the obesity crisis. Now, clearly there is an an issue there about treating people who have obesity. It's a disease that is linked to a lot of other health concerns. It increases the risk of diabetes, of heart disease, certain cancers, you know, to name but a few. And there are not that many great options for helping people to to lose weight and to keep it off. So obviously there's that side of things where the drugs are quite exciting. But I think there's a concern that there needs to be more done to help to prevent people from getting obese in the first place. And that really takes a lot of um, public health and political will (laughs) as well. Experts have been quite frustrated by the lack of action on that side of things. For example, we've seen a delay again from the government on banning adverts for foods that are high in fat, salt and sugar before 9pm or buy one, get one free deals on junk food. That's all been shelved until 2025. And that kind of shift has concerned people because it's not sort of putting those preventative measures necessarily as high priority as many would like. So I think the drugs are seen as being very exciting on the one hand, but just so long as there is no distraction from the other. And I think that that is something, a concern that some people have voiced. Have any of the experts you've spoken to raised any concerns about these drugs in terms of people with, say, body image issues or eating disorders, whether they may start using these kinds of drugs? 
so BEAT, which is the eating disorder charity, has said, you know, it's really important that these medications are sold under the strictest possible conditions because they do have concerns about them being used exactly as you say. So, you know, they say that these medications can be a very attractive uh, can be very attractive to people with eating disorders as they offer a quick fix solution. And I think that that is, is a concern, you know, this idea that it can make people even more unwell, can entrench eating disorder thoughts and behaviours. I think there is the potential risk there. And that has raised concerns about how tightly these this sort of prescription of these drugs are managed. That said, I mean, I, I, I reached out to Boots and to Superdrug and sort of said to them, look, how is this prescribed? And they've said, it is prescription and 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 that they sort of are confident that there are these you know procedures in place to to make sure that these drugs are do reach to people who need them and not those people who uh, may be accessing them for the wrong reasons. You know, I spoke to Natasha Devon, who is a body image and mental health campaigner. And you know, one of the issues that she raised was that there's already a lot of pressure on people who are obese. And this idea that, you know, losing weight by any means will make you healthier and will be, you know, it's the answer to everything. And, you know, she said that can lead to issues around body image and eating disorders. And so that's a really important consideration when we're looking at messaging around these drugs and how they're used. And I think she also raised a really important point, which I sort of touched on earlier, which is that where these drugs are used, there does need to be support, psychological, lifestyle, all sorts of other things in place there. I mean, she raised the kind of parallel with antidepressants where an awful lot of people are on antidepressants, but you know, not a lot can necessarily access all the psychological support that might actually really help them alongside that. And I think that that is a, it's quite an interesting comparison to draw there, you know, where you don't want this to be a surface level solution. You do need to consider you know, the messaging, you need to consider who this is aimed at and, and how these drugs are used and, and the support given around the drugs as well. I think that is a really interesting point, actually, that the availability of these drugs creates an atmosphere in which people who would qualify for having them, people with, you know, BMI over 35, over 30, depending, might feel pressured to be taking them because, you know, if you're not on this drug, why are you not on this drug? You know, is that how they're going to feel society is sort of seeing the issue. Exactly. And I think that's important because not everybody who could potentially be eligible will necessarily uh, have access. Uh, and those who do have access may not want or be able to take the drugs. So I do think that it's important that it's dealt with carefully because it's not necessarily the case that just because you've got a drug that could be very effective in helping people lose weight. That doesn't mean it's going to help everybody or be the right thing for everybody. Nicola, thanks so much for coming on and taking us through all this. Really interesting. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Nicola Davis. You can find a link to her reporting of this story on the podcast webpage. For this episode of Science Weekly, the sound designer was Joel Cox and the executive producer was Ellie Bury. We'll be back on Thursday. See you then. This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free 
or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, I'm Dori Shafrir. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today we're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families. Today, Club Med has nearly 70 resorts worldwide, from beachside resorts in the Caribbean and Mexico, to magical locations in the Maldives and Morocco, to ski resorts in the mountains from Canada to the Alps. Between their all-inclusive family programming, wellness offerings, land and water sports, and their French heritage-inspired food and drink offerings, Club Med is the best way to elevate your family getaway, no matter which location you're at. To learn more, visit clubmed.us.